a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins. This is the UK's numero uno green-based, all-singing, all-dancing podcast. And environment is the key to the agenda. The man who sits like an overlord on proceedings is the environmentalist and entrepreneur, Dale Vince. Dale, good morning. Yeah, morning, Ian. Um, I like um, the overlord type. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving the intros. I don't know what's coming yeah. next. I'm looking forward to next week now to see what's coming then. Oh, uh, yeah. They're being worked. There's a huge team of people working on these on a weekly basis and finally crafted up to the last 30 seconds before we broadcast. <laughs> and as you said, that overlord thing, I was thinking of that science fiction character from a comic that floats around on a disc. Do you know the one I mean? Yes, that's right. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that, that's, that'll be it. That's that's where you are, just surveying the terrain. In Dan Dare. I think it was in Dan Dare. Anyway, Dan Dare, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Let's survey some nuclear fusion terrain here then, Dale. Oh, some more sci-fi then. Yeah, seems that way. What's going on? Yeah, big news from the nuclear fusion lobby. They claim a massive breakthrough, and it's the answer to climate change and and all that kind of good stuff that's been said for a very long time. They doubled the length of time that they sustained a fusion reaction to five seconds. And, wow. and that, that took What does that mean then? That took 25 years to, to double it from two and a half seconds to five seconds, and they yep. got more heat out than they put in, and that was wow. you know like a big deal. And um, this is going to save humanity in you know maybe another couple of hundred years so this is i mean where do we go with this the word nuclear is not always the most popular word to have in a conversation yeah i mean it's the opposite of of nuclear fission which is about splitting atoms this is about combining atoms and releasing you know big amounts of energy but it takes incredible amounts of energy and temperature uh to to achieve that which is why you know uh, up until very recently it's taken more energy to create fusion than you get back out. But, you know, a five-second burst, and it took 25 years to to get it up from two and a half seconds. That's moving at the speed of an ice age is what I want to say. That's extraordinary. There's no way. Yeah, nobody should be talking about this like the answer to the climate crisis because, you know, we we don't have another 25 years, actually. We certainly can't wait for them to achieve 10 seconds. Well, but based on their own mathematics, they might be up and running with something in about 750 years. <laughs> it might be something like that. That's, that's kind of how I'm working this. <laughs> and, and, you know, it never makes sense to me. We've got so much wind and sun. The, the technology to make electricity from it exists. We've got all of the answers, and it's economic, and it's being mass-produced now and rolled out around the world. And yeah, still yeah. people are looking for the next horizon technology, like nuclear fusion, which has been the next horizon technology for probably 100 years or something. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand why people do it, but um, there it is. Uh, here's a question from Abby on Twitter. In fact, lots of people uh, tweeted about this. What do you think about the footballer and the cat? Would you have sacked him? It's a good question. I mean, I think what he did was awful. I haven't seen the video, but I've had it described to me, and I just think it's, Pretty grim. it's incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. But, you know, I mean, 
Footballers are not doing themselves any favours lately, are they? You know, in terms of some of the uh, allegations. Yeah, yeah, the allegations. Yeah, that are out there about footballers and the way they live and their attitudes, basically, to other people. But this attitude to animal off the back of our hunt expose story as well, wasn't it? You know, where those hunts yeah, yeah. people, you know. They a- were- a- absolutely right. Yeah. And I, what's interesting about this, is, uh, of course, it, it began, I, I mean, I don't know who filmed it. There was talk that his relative filmed it. Um, I, I don't know what he thought he was going to achieve by putting it online, for his <laughs> sake. I mean, that was always going to end this way. Um, so now he's been fined uh, 250,000 quid by the club. But I think what he's kind of interesting is that a couple of the sponsors adidas vitality have now sort of suspended i don't think they fully dropped out but suspended their sponsorship that's when it starts to get perhaps a little more serious i mean i know this is the business angle not the kind of ethical angle but nonetheless uh is this where clubs would start to take maybe a different view from their original decision of saying you know it's bad we condemn it but he's still with the club yeah i mean it's like two weeks wages just to put that into context so it's True. not you know yeah. it's not the fortune that fine, it, right? yeah, not yeah. the fortune it sounds like it is but yeah i think um you know we all expect uh businesses to to behave better let's say than they typically do and so there'll be pressure on the sponsors to do and say something and that puts pressure yeah. on the club to do more and maybe they will do more. I mean, he played in the very next game, didn't he? Which caused a, yeah, a, yeah. An, an additional furore. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, what he did was just just incredibly bad. You've got to wonder what on earth he was thinking uh, yeah. to do that. Uh, I don't know. But. Not clever. Um, this story is interesting because uh, you are connected to this story as well. Uh, the UK drops its absurd case against Greenpeace for dropping rocks in the sea. You know, that well-known tyrannical crime of dropping rocks in the sea just give us some background to this Dale. yeah it was a few months ago now and i and i heard that greenpeace are doing this amazing thing they were dropping boulders into the sea to protect marine conservation zones from trawler men uh, which i thought was a brilliant act so i sponsored one of these rocks and they dropped it in the sea in my name and um the government took them to court what was that what was the crime was, then well, that's a good question. Protecting fish, I imagine. Uh, upholding the marine protection zone status or something that the government should have been doing, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd think they would have supported them in, in that act. But, um, yeah, dropping of the rocks, uh, uh, by the way, puts off the trawler men because they snag the nets gotcha. and rip them. So they won't go there. Greenpeace yeah. made it plain to them there are a bunch of rocks down in this zone. So they stay away, which is a fabulous thing to do. It's complete non-violent direct action. Uh, anyway, the judge threw it out. He described it as absurd, the case the government were bringing, which I think tells you all you need to know. Uh, here's a question from Sally on Facebook. Uh, I've got some interesting information that might aid your next hunting investigation. Where do I send that to? Probably best place, zero carbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. Do that, Sally, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Richard on Twitter, why waste your time with Nigel Farage? There's a good question. Actually, we had a chat about the fusion story. It was on GB News yeah. last night. And, and you know, I, th- I think, well, a couple of different answers to that. One is uh, I'm not just trying to talk to Farage and, you know, maybe change his mind about some things. I'm also trying to reach his audience, which I think is is worth trying to do. And I don't think it's a waste of time. It's like, uh, you know, people have said the same thing about the Express when we yeah. began the campaign with them. But, you know, th- that, that world has changed radically now. The, the Express are, you know, com- completely on board and, and the readers increasingly are as well. It was totally worthwhile. Whether I can achieve the same thing with Farage or Farage-type audience, who knows? But actually, it was a decent conversation last night. I was very yeah. surprised. It gave me a lot of time to talk. And I, I think 
he didn't seem like a bad bloke, but I just thought he had he had the wrong facts. You know, the stuff he believed yeah. in uh, was was just not factually based. So, I- well, that's the whole point of doing interviews like that. I mean, I turned on the TV and happened to clock you and Farage on together. I thought I was pissed. I saw, I thought, <laughs> you probably were. What's, go- what's going on here? Am I seeing two Dales, one Dale, one Farage, and a Dale? Is it what's happening? Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it's only by communicating with a different audience. There's no point in just talking to an echo chamber where people already agree and understand certain issues. It's a case of reaching those areas where people are not yet on board. Yeah, I mean, a classic example, he he talked about, you know, renewable energy not being uh, capable of providing all of our energy. Uh, you know, I don't know what he bases that on. So I told him that we have enough wind and sun to power the whole country 20 times over. And uh, and then, you know, he said something about the cost of green energy, and I pointed out that we spend more subsidizing fossil fuels than um, than renewable energy. He, yeah. I think he tried to disagree, but I wouldn't let him. Here's one, Dale. The UK must do more to insulate the country's drafty homes. This is according to Britain's climate change chief. His name is Chris Stark. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, that makes sense, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's been around as long as the issue of climate change has been around, actually, in insofar as it's the it's the most return we can get for every pound we spend in terms of decarbonisation. It's on reducing waste. In this case, the waste of heat that leaks out of you know our, our old leaky homes. I mean, yep. masses of our thirty million houses or so are, are over a hundred years old. You know, we've got amazing, arguably and allegedly the worst insulated homes in Europe, and. And for that reason, we consume vastly more gas than we need to, which in a crisis like this one makes it harder. So, yep. you know, they cite the example of a guy in an Edwardian house. He had to spend about 36 grand on it, but he reduces gas bill by 40%. If we could do that nationally, you know, it would be it would be incredible uh, to our energy bills, our carbon footprint, and, and our resilience as well, you know, to, yeah, yeah, to energy true. shocks. Like the, the green gas plan we put up, requires about 9 million acres of land at current um, ratios of land to homes. But if we have properly insulated homes, we'd only need 6 million acres of land and only need to build 2,000 gas mills, not 3,000. Yeah, Yeah. Everything about it is right, just everything. Uh, Gregor emails and says, have you considered paying more for excess solar energy? It might encourage more people to take the plunge and get solar panels. Yeah, you know, the, the amount of export from home installed solar panels is kind of more of an emotional issue than it is a hard financial issue. People people want to get a fair price for their export, and, and I understand that, and it feels like a really important issue. But if you look at the amount of export compared to self-consumption, it's very small. And yeah. self-consumption, of course, is worth to you the avoided cost of electricity coming in, which is probably about 20 yeah. pence a unit now. You know, And typical uh, wholesale this is obviously pre-crisis, <laughs> but you know, t- typical wholesale prices for export might have been five p. And you know, you might be exporting ten percent of of your com- total generation for like a quarter of the of the the value of the electricity that you use yourself. So it's it's a minor thing. We do have a uh, a tariff for that. It's kind of um, it's under development and it's kind of a manual process. But we've got a list of people that we're paying to export power to the grid at the moment. But I would just say that it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be. It's it's not the main driver. When you install solar panels on your house, uh, you need to size them according to your consumption and and preferably get a battery actually so that you don't export because when you do that, you're always going to be losing economic value. Yeah, if yeah, you keep course. it until another time of the day when you need it, that's the best thing to do. This one comes under the banner of tell us something we didn't know. U.S. Congress are looking at Exxon and others for misleading on climate change since 1977. They've been at it for half a century. <laughs> yeah, very well, fair play to them. That's uh, that's 
what do we call it? That's commitment, isn't it? To be to be at yeah, yeah. it for, for fifty years. You know, it's just got all the echoes of big tobacco, hasn't it? And and all of that uh, denial same deal. of cancer and stuff. Same deal. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. And it'll catch up with them in the same way. Uh, final question from Tina on Facebook. Do you connected in some respects? Do you think it's too late for the government to introduce a windfall tax, particularly since the boss of BP described their profits as a cash machine? <laughs> yeah, well, that's very honest of him. Uh, no, it's not too late. It's never too late for a windfall tax, actually. And you know, even uh, even if it takes until the next election, and, and let's hope we get a Labour government, I don't think it'd be too late then either, actually. So, uh, I mean, if you look at, I think it, when it was 1997, I think we had some big windfall taxes. Incoming Labour administration said, do you know what? The banks have been making loads of money on interest rates. Yep. Uh, we'll have some of it. Thank you. Simple as that. Dale, that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll speak in a week. Nice one. Have a good one. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Do leave a review there as well. If you want to get in touch, you can email zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk and follow Dale on social media, which is twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero Carbon East Off.